0: We welcome Meg O'Brien to the show. Meg is a representative from St. Lawrence. She's a St. Lawrence grad and a current, uh, well, she has returned to St. Lawrence in her in a role as a college rep. Meg has always been willing to support CBU and our efforts here to inform families and students about the college process. She knows this world really well. She's super fun and easy to talk to. And I think you'll hear from this, super easy to talk to. Very grateful that Meg gave us some time, stuck with me through some of the technical issues, and we'll put together a a decent interview and overview of St. Lawrence for you. Thanks again for listening. My name is
1: Meg O'Brien, St. Lawrence class of 2015, and currently Associate Director of Admissions at St. Lawrence, um, I have worked with CVU and Vermont schools for a number of years and um just always have loved being part of the St. Lawrence community first as a student and now in my professional role. So really happy to always have the chance to talk
0: about it. And I was I was very excited when when uh you contacted me because Meg's Meg took a uh a leave of absence from St. Lawrence for other really important reasons, um, and then reach back out saying she wanted to be a part of the podcast. And I was like, "Is this the Meg O'Brien?" So we're <laughs> we're 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 lucky to have you back. Um, thank
1: you, thank you,
0: and share your enthusiasm for St. Lawrence with our with our community. So so tell us a little bit about St. Lawrence. Tell us a little bit about the history of the school, if you can, and then um, perhaps what you're seeing currently as some of the most popular majors on campus.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So St. Lawrence was founded in 1856. Um, It's the first longest standing co-educational institution in New York State. So actually has a a pretty cool history. Um, And one thing that I think is really central to the history of St. Lawrence and kind of encapsulates it really nicely is when the university was founded, um, the founders said, we have lit a candle in the wilderness that will never be extinguished. And if you know a little bit about where Saint Lawrence is located, it's the wilderness. Uh, it is uh, you know, it is not the type of place that you just stumble upon. Um, it is a place that you seek out with great intentionality and have a specific reason for going there. And I think that's one of the most special things about Saint Lawrence. Our location is very much a part of who we are, um, and it really has lived up to that statement of being a candle in the wilderness. So we're tucked in this really cool spot just north of the Adirondack Mountains just south of the Canadian border. Um, And it creates this nice little pocket where all of our students are there with a really strong sense of togetherness. And um, they really bond over that and, and love their spot there. Um, so I, I always love to think back to those early days when somebody somehow landed in Canton, New York and said, this is where we're going to start this university. And, um, you know, it's it's definitely lived up to that sense. So, um, yeah, I think you had asked about kind of where we're at academically in terms of popular programs and things yeah. of that regard. Um, so for us right now, I can rattle off kind of like our top five most popular, but uh, keep in mind, this is simply like what the most number of students have declared as a major. And I think St. Lawrence is one of those places where you can be in like, quote unquote, the most popular major or one of the least popular majors. And your opportunities are gonna be very similar and very expansive in terms of immersive learning and research opportunities and ways to connect and collaborate with faculty and off-campus study programs that connect nicely to these fields. So um, I often think that sometimes even when you're in those less popular majors, those smaller majors, you're actually only getting even you know more one-on-one connections with faculty in that regard with smaller classes. So um, currently top five most popular for us, economics, business and the liberal arts, psychology, biology, and environmental studies. Um, we also see really, um, high numbers in terms of students studying government, English, and performance and communications arts. So you can see those top five really um, kind of vary across different disciplines, some that are more humanities arts focused, others that are very STEM focused, business focused. Um, So it's nice to see quite a bit of variety in terms of what large number of our students are studying. Um, One thing that I'll say, so business and the liberal arts is uh, kind of a unique program for us. It was something that was started oh, maybe about six or seven years ago. And it took off like crazy. It's designed to be a double major program. So students have to pair business with a second major. Um, The majority of students pair it with econ, but there are a number of other fields that overlap nicely with this as well. And I point that out to say that this is very much kind of like part of the mindset at St. Lawrence. Our students do not often study just one thing. Um, I believe the most recent count is like 77% of students study more than just one discipline. So Hmm. double majors, combined majors, multiple minors, um, pre-professional tracks, all different types of things. So there's advising to support that. It's also just generally kind of the atmosphere on campus to have a really academically curious student body um, and have the support on campus to allow students to study multiple things, some of which are very closely connected and sometimes your two majors might be super unrelated and that's really exciting too. Um, I mentioned environmental studies as one of our um, top five right now and, and that's grown as of late, which is awesome. Um, this is also something that's just super important to us as an institution. This is a great place for students who are passionate about environmental advocacy work and things of that regard. So you know, thinking about you, Russ, you're working with students in Vermont and, you know, Vermont is not immune to to changes in the climate. And you saw that this summer with flood levels that are reaching 100-year levels more frequently than every 100 of years. So, you know, these, I hope I'm speaking, you know, to students who are passionate about this type of work and um, whether that's in the classroom or out of the classroom. So, if uh, if environmental awareness and advocacy work is something that's on a student's radar, I think St. Lawrence is a wonderful place to look. Um, we also started uh, within the past year an environmental scholars program. So it's actually a thirty five thousand dollar per year scholarship that students can apply for. Hmm. Um, that then will have some some really neat opportunities down the road and just connecting students in the classroom and out of the classroom on topics related to this. So um, yeah, there's there's kind of quite a bit going on in different fields. We also, within the past year or two years, have added a number of new academic departments. So it's about six new majors that we've added, um, biomedical sciences, data science, public health, finance, uh, pre-health chemistry, and then digital media and film. So, you know, we, as a small school, we're not backing off on uh, adding new opportunities for students, it's really about meeting students where they're at. Um, thinking about today's students, what do they want to be doing? What do they want to go into? And making sure we're kind of um, creating a good foundation here on campus for them.
0: So speaking of of opportunities, are you've got four schools in that in that that area? Yeah. With uh, SUNY Canton, SUNY Potsdam, and Clarkson, are students yeah. still able to take classes on any of those four campuses?
1: Yeah, there is an Associated Colleges program that would allow students to seek out coursework at other institutions. I would say what we seem to see the most overlap with um, would be students looking at Clarkson, especially for engineering programs, or I know a number of students have gone on to the MBA program over at Clarkson. Um, We have a three plus two agreement with Clarkson for engineering, um, where students would spend three years with us and then two years at Clarkson um, and end up in five years with two different degrees um, from two different institutions. So there are some like really specific programs like that, that we have overlap on. Um, You know, it's, There there are four schools right here within the 10 mile radius, and it is neat to see the ways in which students dive into opportunities through them. Uh, But some of those that I rattled off with Clarkson are the ones that I see the majority of students interested in or pursuing, especially for further studies. Um, And then we also partner with Clarkson for ROTC programs and things of that regard. So definitely some overlap. It's nice to be in this little pocket of upstate New York and still have these really close by connections.
0: Yeah, you were you were talking initially about the uh, the candle in the wilderness mm-hmm. meta- metaphor there, and and yeah. my first thought was at some point there were three other colleges that decided it was the same a great location to to start a community. So it's yeah, you might think that there's some isolation, but really not when you consider the size of the other schools and the number of students that are Definitely. there. It's pretty. It's a pretty rich environment to to uh to be a part of.
1: Definitely yeah and you know four schools that are you know have each of them have things that they're really well known for and offer different experiences but then offer neat ways in which students can come together for things so it's a nice spot to be.
0: For sure um I want to ask about how how St. Lawrence helps students pursue life beyond St. Lawrence. What are what are the yeah. uh, what are those opportunities? What does that look like on campus? Because we can we can all come in, choose a major, be successful on school, but we've gotta we've gotta launch at some point.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I could do a whole separate podcast on this, Excellent. so I'll, I'll try to keep time in mind here. But um, I would say, you know, there's so much that I could say about the academic experience and the value of this. Liberal arts institution with a high focus on experiential education, but I'll try to focus on some specific programs really through the Center for Career Excellence on campus. Um, I would say that career readiness is definitely something that's kind of embedded into everything that we do here. You know, it's built into the curriculum, it is coming through in the sense that. of our students are studying more than one thing. As I said before, it's coming through the fact that 82% of our students do research while they're here. So really building those direct hands-on experiences and skills, Um, about 70% of our students spend time studying away from campus. And we're, we're really focused, how can we provide opportunities for students to go out and expand their skills, expand their outlook, and then bring that back to their campus education and their future careers. Um, So it's really embedded into that academic component as well, but in terms of specific like career prep programming, um, it's also something that we don't save for like junior and senior year. It's something that is designed to be this very iterative process across your St. Lawrence experience. And there are programs for students from all different class years to get started on thinking about their career journey In some sense, when they're ready to do so. (coughs) So, excuse me, Um, you know, it comes from opportunities for first year students just start thinking about what does that process look like to start thinking about resume building workshops, to think about meetings with the Center for Career Excellence, just talking about, okay, even if you don't know what you want to be doing, which is totally fine. Let's just think about what are things that you're passionate about? And then how do some of those interests and passions translate into potential career opportunities? And then let's think about people who are connected to St. Lawrence working in those career fields and just starting to have a conversation with them. And then seeing what that leads to for internship opportunities and certain career programs and things like that down the road. So it starts early. The door is open to start this process early. there are really specific ways in which you can start connecting with it and really accessible and like not overwhelming ways early on in your St. Lawrence career um to toss out just like sometimes i i shy away from like just leaning on statistics but i do think they're very telling here um we see a 95 percent outcomes rate so that means within Seven to nine months after graduation, 95% of our students are employed or going on to further graduate studies. Um, We see that 70% of our students complete an internship during their St. Lawrence experience, and Mm -hmm. we're ranked 10th in in the country for those opportunities. Um, We also have the fourth ranked alumni network. So here we are as this small liberal arts institution tucked away in upstate New York, but it's kind of like When it comes to career prep and these career prep opportunities, it's almost like there's this big school mentality Mm -hmm. of like, we can get you connected to anybody, we can get you where you want to be. And if you are open to that process, and if you're open to just like sitting down and having conversations with people and thinking about where you want to go, there are going to be a lot of people in your corner to help you try and get there. Um, So Center for Career Excellence has hosted a number of programs, both on campus and off campus that are really focused on connecting St. Lawrence students with St. Lawrence alums. Um, And the idea of this is that really we're helping students build both their personal and professional network over the course of four years so that they have people to lean on when they graduate and move away from campus. They have these people in various pockets of the country. So there are a few programs that I really love. Um, One is called SLU Connect. SLU Connect is uh, throughout the year, Career Services will offer a handful of different trips. They're like two to three day trips in various locations across the country um, where we have pockets of St. Lawrence alums And also these places are really closely tied to certain industries that we see a lot of students being interested in. So we host Connect programs. We host them in Burlington for one. Um, We also host them in New York City, Boston, DC. We've hosted them out in San Francisco, Salt Lake. So variety of places across the country. Um, And the idea is that students can sign up to go on these trips where they'll do different like site visits. the group will break out into, OK, this group of students might be interested in more of like the finance field. And then this group is interested more in um, like the public sector or nonprofit work or this group is interested in healthcare or something to that effect. And so in these smaller groups, you'll go and connect with St. Lawrence alums or other individuals that we've built relationships with. To go into these workplaces and learn a little bit about what is it like to be in these spaces also how did they get there Um, especially if they're coming from st lawrence like what was their career path and their journey like also on these trips you'll do like these larger networking receptions with st lawrence alums so you might, for example, on the uh, SLU Connect Boston program, they've hosted like events at Fenway, where you get to go to Fenway and meet with a bunch of St. Lawrence alums and like be in this really cool space and have a lot of fun connecting with people um, in a place that's so connected to this city. Or you might go to these other networking receptions where just generally you have the opportunity to meet with and hear from a bunch of people who are living and working in these places. Some of these connections can turn into like shadow experiences and internships and job opportunities, but also like on a much more uh, personal level, like you might meet people who you're moving to D.C. after you graduate and you say, how do I find housing in D.C.? Like, where should I be looking? How do I find roommates? Like even those very important, like not career focused (laughs) things, but these other really valuable kind of life supports. so Flu Connect is one of my favorite programs. Another is a Link Mentor program. We have a ton of St. Lawrence alums and also like parents of St. Lawrence students and St. Lawrence grads who have volunteered their time to serve as Link mentors. Um, Link stands for leaders and networking and careers. And the idea is that you can be paired with a Link mentor who works in a field that you're interested in. And it's just an additional go-to for you. So, you know, I always think back to um, a former student who worked for our office, he thought for the longest time he wanted to go into environmental law, and so he sought out a link mentor who was working in environmental law, and he had like a bunch of phone conversations with him, and he went to shadow him one time, and all of a sudden he realized, wow, law is not what I thought it was, <laughs> and that is not what I want my day to day look like to look like, and he. F- readjusted and he's worked with career services pivoted in a different direction sought out a new link mentor which like that was a wonderful link mentor and wonderful absolutely because sometimes you just have to figure out what's not right in order to get to what is right so um but yeah the list goes on in terms of different programs and it's really about like I said before connecting students with the wider St. Lawrence community so they have this kind of web of support to to rely on and fall back on when need be.
0: I'm going to ask, there's a lot of questions, but you've kind of covered them Mm. already, but talk to us a little bit about, um, I'm going to say the the campus environment outside of the academic side of things, whether that's student participation in clubs and different organizations and, and staying on campus over the weekend to athletics, just take a couple minutes and talk to yeah. us about that side of slu.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think campus is a really energetic place. Um it is a place where people just love spending time with one another and they try to find ways to do that in so many different avenues. <laughs> Some of sometimes that's like very um organized through campus events and athletics and various organizations and things and then also just like there's generally this environment on campus of, I think St. Lawrence people more than anything. And I saw this as a student and I see it now. um, After graduation and just kind of, even in like my St. Lawrence friend group and whatnot. I think St. Lawrence people just love spending time with one another they will put their entire day on hold just to like sit down and chat with somebody. Um, And I think they really value time spent together. And I think a lot of that connects back to the campus experience and our location of like being in this spot where, yeah, you look around and you're like, here's our campus community. And here's who I'm here with and I'm gonna make the most of that. Um, So I think just generally the vibe on campus is one that really values togetherness. Um, It's such an open door environment on campus in the sense that, You know, thinking about getting involved, for example, outside of the classroom. Um, You can so easily join different clubs and organizations. And there's this mindset that you don't have to have any experience with something to just get involved. You don't have to be an expert at something. You don't have to have this huge background connected to that activity. For example, we draw a lot of students who love spending time outdoors. And that's because of our proximity to the Adirondacks. We also have students on campus who have never really spent much time like hiking or canoeing or things of that regard. And there are different programs and campus traditions that are truly designed to invite students who have, for example, never gone skiing to go and learn how to ski from their fellow classmates. And it's just that's kind of the mentality of kind of come on in, you're welcome here rather than, oh, you have to be like this expert skier in order to go on this trip with the outing club or something like that. Um, So I love that that aspect of it. There are about 150 different student clubs and organizations. Everything is very student run on that extracurricular side of things. Also, given our location, it's important that students feel like there is a lot for them to get involved in and also that there's a lot coming to campus for them to um, experience. And a lot of that comes through like entertainment acts and things of that regard. So There are campus organizations that are specifically focused on like bringing bands to campus and comedians and different things of that regard. Um, I really love our theme house communities. So theme houses, we have about, I think it's currently 17 different homes that are, they look like traditional village homes. They're on one corner of campus for the most part. And these are student housing opportunities for sophomore, junior, and senior year where students can say, okay, I'm really passionate about spending time outdoors. So I'm gonna apply to live in the outing club or I'm really passionate about sustainability. So I'm gonna apply to live in the greenhouse or I really love music. So I'm gonna apply to live in the Java house Um, and the Java house oversees the Java barn which is an on-campus student run music venue that brings bands to campus once if not twice every weekend. Hmm. Um, There are other theme houses that are focused on like activism and inclusivity. So La Casa and the Black Student Union and the Dub, which is focused on gender activism and equality. There are other theme theme houses that are focused on wellness. So like the Powerhouse, which is really focused on like endurance sports to the Lighthouse, which does like yoga and meditation and things of that regard. So these theme house communities in return for being able to live with a group of students who shares that interest with you you then host events for the rest of the campus community to connect with those activities as Hmm. well. So they're events all the time, especially on the weekends for um, students to really connect and and learn about new things and experience new things. And um, that definitely offers a lot for campus. It's a pretty active campus, like physically active campus. Um, About 30 to 35% of our students are varsity athletes. 50% 50% of our students are involved in club and intramural activities and then like the outing club is huge. There are great paths right around campus for students to go running or there are some great like trails locally for both paddling and biking. Um, so just a place that really likes kind of to keep moving I would say. And then also some really wonderful opportunities for students interested in pursuing music and performance um, even if it's not something that they're studying in the classroom. So. Yeah, just generally a an atmosphere on campus that wants students to feel like they can get involved, and feel like that there are not barriers to that in any way.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna kind of take this next group, um, and mainly focus on kind of the admissions process. Sure. Um. So welcome back. Thanks for being patient dealing with technology issues. So I want to talk about the admissions process, and I I know, um. I know a little bit about Slu's admissions process, so I think it's important for our community to kind of hear hear the process. So I'm going to ask the questions, kind of knowing some of the answers already. But sure. what are you, what are your what are your thoughts on standardized testing?
1: Yeah, a, a good and important question. So um, we've been test optional since I believe it's 2005. So at this point, I was going to say for forever. Decades, yeah, for decades we've been going the test optional route. Um, so. This isn't new to us by any means, we are very accustomed to seeing a number of applications without scores and that is totally fine. Um, You know, kind of stepping back, I would say what we really value is the overall story, the overall experience across high school, um, that full trajectory starting in ninth grade up until the end of senior year. So, you know, what has challenged the student? Where have they excelled? How have they chosen to challenge themselves? Have those decisions to challenge themselves been the appropriate amount of challenge in terms of the courses that they're taking and things of that regard um <clears throat> so test scores can become a, a part of that story if a student wants them to and if they feel like those scores are symbolic of who they are as a student um, but test scores do not have to be a part of that story so if test scores aren't submitted, for us, they're really out of sight, out of mind. I'm never going to make assumptions about scores if they're not submitted. Um, students are not going to be, um, you know, their their application is not going to suffer by not submitting scores. However, if scores are submitted, we do consider them. they become a full part of the application and our review process. So that means that even though we're a test optional school, submitting scores can both boost an application and in some cases it can weigh an application down. So, you know, for, for students, I always say for your test optional schools, like really take the time to do that research on, um, you know, what's going to be best for you and being able to get all of the information that a student needs to make an informed decision on if they should submit or not. Um, I always encourage students like first and foremost, just kind of do like this internal Uh, evaluation with yourself, like how do you feel about your scores, like put everything else aside, do you feel like you're proud of your scores, do you feel like they're what you were hoping to receive when you signed up for those tests, or are you like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that's done, I'd never want (laughs) anybody to see that, like that's totally fine too, like that's your first check, right, of what should you do with these. Um, Second, I would think about like how do your scores work um, in maybe tandem with your transcript, So are your scores in your transcript working with one another or against one another? And really the big thing to think about here is, you know, for students who, let's say their academic performance in the classroom has been really strong over four years, but that one test date has been lower, those scores are not complementing your transcript. So it's probably your first indication that you could leave them out of the picture. Um, I always encourage students to take time to reach out to admissions offices and find out like, what is the average test score for students who submitted last year? Um, What's like the middle 50% range of test scores? Can you, so you can get a wider sense of how much variability are you seeing and kind of not just like this single average score, but um, what is that middle 50%? And then also asking about The rest of the academic profile scores aside. So like on average, what's the average GPA of the current first year class um, at the time that they applied? And those figures will usually allow you to think about, okay, here's my academic profile alongside the average academic profile of the institution. And then here are my test scores. And do those align with their average profile or not? if your scores are above the average profile, then yeah, absolutely. Like typically a good good idea to submit them. But, um, you know, there are so many ways in which things can be, um, you know, impacted in the review process as we're looking at students who their transcript is very different from their scores. Um, Also sometimes for students who have like had a lower academic performance for a wide variety of reasons, then they really focus on like, I'm going to take this test opportunity to to really step up to the plate and kind of, you know, use this as an additional way to show my preparation for St. Lawrence or some other school. So, yeah, I was just encourage students reach out, connect with us. I'm always happy to talk about what our average scores are and then, you know, try and help students make a decision in that process. But it takes time. Um, but one that's definitely it can pay off by taking the time to sort that information out.
0: Yeah, it's a, it was an interesting conversation I had with uh, with a woman named Heather Heather Ayers yesterday, who has spent a number of years in admissions and, and mm. just talking philosophically about testing and um, the idea of of all that is a how do you how do you rep, how does a student present all that they are? Yep. Yeah. And 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 understand that test scores are just a small part of that so i'm asking these i'm asking reps these questions because i think it's it's valuable information to hear that they can call a school and talk to an admissions counselor and and kind of suss out whether or not submitting scores would be important for them and and will they will the school look at the fact that no i don't play sports i don't do activities but i'm I'm this integral part of my family structure in this very unique way. And is that, is that, a is that enough? Does that supersede not participating in my bigger school community? Um,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. goes back to like that overall story is we can't just boil it down to, you know, a final GPA. We can't just boil it down to a final test score. Um, you know there i i could open an application and look at the gpa and make an admissions decision and then i could look at the rest of the application and i could make a totally different admissions yep. decision um and that's you know it's a really really awesome part of of our jobs and also what makes this so rewarding and enjoyable is like also at a place like saint lawrence i really value that i can spend a lot of time with every application and really feel like i can take the time to get to know the student and really look for all of that information, additional information, all of that additional context, um, and and feel like once I've make made a made a decision, it's it's informed and I'm taking into account all of the information that the student has given me. So,
0: um, it's one of the things I love about schools being test optional is, and and as much as I hated COVID and all that it brought, you know there is the good that right. so many schools are really shifting and having to look at the whole student. So. Sure. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to move us on cause I don't want to, I want to make sure we keep our, our overall length, not, yeah, s- not six hours. <laughs> like you and I could obviously talk for, um, I want to add, I want to ask about, about quarter one grades. Cause we just, we just finished quarter one and there was a lot of concern, worry about what is reported in quarter one and, and how all of that looks to an admissions committee and I think to some degree appropriately so I'm not just I'm not discrediting that that worry and concern so how important are quarter one grades in the admissions process
1: yeah and I actually I've noticed just um, you know even over the past handful of days when I've been diving into application reading That, uh, you know, I've even seen some schools who have like very directly acknowledged here are quarter one grades, but here at our institution, quarter one, like there's no consistency among classes in terms of number of grades that teachers have to have in the system for a quarter. For many of these classes, there have been no like formal exams or evaluations. So I have seen a little bit more um, uh, just about quarter one and like what specifically a a quarter can mean in the first Mm -hmm. quarter of senior year. I will say generally, um, senior grades, quarter one, and especially that first semester, it's definitely something that we consider. Um, It's something that we are looking for. It's something that we're paying attention to. I would say that generally, like we're looking for consistency in that early part of senior year, um, especially for students who have had... um, you know, a pretty solid academic performance throughout high school so far, is senior year starting in a similar fashion. Yep. Um. Also for students who maybe they had a more challenging junior year, a lower performance in junior year, we're really looking to see in senior year, have they rebounded a little bit? Are they really kind of looking at this is, you know, my opportunity to pay close attention to, or or really to to boost what my academic profile is saying to colleges. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we're paying attention to it. We also understand that quarter one is different than first semester. um, And just generally, we want to look at, you know, your high school experience is not ninth grade through 11th grade, it really is nine through 12. And that first semester can tell us a lot about your academic fit for the institution. You know, we we're looking for students who are going to find success at St. Lawrence. We're looking students, looking for students who are gonna feel comfortable in our classes and who are gonna get here and, and find their space academically and then hit the ground running. So sometimes senior year absolutely factors into that.
0: Um as you know from our college panel night, and my my favorite part of the the panel are some of the the uh the faster questions towards the end, where I don't give you sure. guys enough or a lot of time to prepare <laughs> answers, um, I'm not gonna re, I'm not gonna redo that. But I'm curious, I'm curious about what your thoughts are about the essay, and specifically, I mean, if you want to talk about it a little bit, that's fine. But um, do you have some favorite essays over the the last many years of reading applications? What were they? What stood out in in, in terms of students writing?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard question um you know I love the essay because it's really the one place in the application when I feel like the student can kind of speak to me directly in a sense you know there's so much else on the application that is like very quantitative by na- by nature and um the essay is just this space where it's like let me sit down and kind of like and, and hear from you so I really love that um In terms of favorite essays, one that always comes back to mind is I was working with a student one year who, um, she comes from a large family um, between her siblings and her uh, step-siblings. I want to say there were like six or seven of them. And so every time that they were at her dad's house for dinner, (laughs) they would always watch Jeopardy while they were having dinner. And it was just like a bunch of people and really chaotic and everybody had had like a crazy day at school and everybody was running in different directions. And then they'd toss on jeopardy and everybody would be shouting out answers and like grabbing food. And she just loved like this period of like kind of this beautiful chaos where it was her and her family that she didn't get it every day, but the days that she had it, it was such an important part of who she was and you know, what she enjoyed and uh, you know, it ended up being about kind of the the new spaces, um the new tables that she would sit at in college. And you know, oh. I read that, and I, I knew like St. Lawrence is an awesome place for that because, as I said earlier, people just love sitting down and having conversation. Right. Um, so that was one of my favorites. Uh, another student, um, I believe in like Cleveland or Cincinnati and apologies to anybody who's from these places. <laughs> <laughs> I might get this wrong, but there's some debate about like preferred chili. There's like skyline chili and oh, yeah. different types of chili and like what you put it over and whatnot. And so there's one student wrote about, um, he where he was from like within his friend group and his family like everybody preferred one type and he preferred something different and just like his willingness to go out on a limb and like have a conversation about places where like you might disagree about a topic but um really like finding that space to also be an individual and just the way he connect in which he connected that to a bunch of other things I loved um, another student once went through like all of the hiking shoes that she had just run through and the different, like, she listed the brands and uh, a little bit about the shoe and like where she had hiked with them. And I just loved the structure of that. Um, just so the other you, day. You, you,
0: you have found yeah. that students have played with the structure even in the essay because I typically see, you know, paragraph style piece of writing. And over the 30 years, I had one student. Who wrote a script like a like a like a just a script for tv like they, they yeah. kind of yeah. cast different characters as actors and wrote a wrote a screenplay um and i had one student write a poem yep. so I, I haven't had very many students be willing to take take risks with the formatting is that allowed
1: Yeah, so I've seen students play with it a bit. One thing that I will caution against is, like, Common App in particular can be pretty um, limited, and yeah, it's it's formatting is restricted. Yeah, yeah, how fun you can be, and so you know, I've seen some students like try to do things with certain um, letters or characters or symbols or things, and just the way that sometimes that converts. I'm never going to hold that against a student, but the way that it converts on our end um, doesn't come through the way that the student mm. intended. I think like yeah. in common app, basically you can like italicize something. Um, but even it's, it's unfortunate, but even like line breaks and things, sometimes it doesn't carry over in the way that the student intended. Um, so I've definitely seen a little bit of that, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely an opportunity to be creative. Um, and that's something I get really excited to see at the same time. I also understand like, that's not everybody's strong suit right. and,
0: Right.
1: Uh, it doesn't have to be a super creative essay. and it doesn't have to be like this really big experience. It can be this small aspect of your everyday life and it's really about what you're saying about that and how that um, allows me to learn a little bit more about you. Um, and and so. I like
0: what you, I like what you said earlier. I, I've said this to my students before and probably have said it on the podcast is your 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 application is so quantitative, so empirical that there's no room for color. And your Mm -hmm. essay is an opportunity to, all right, if you think of your face, your profile in a coloring book, and it's your opportunity to put color to that foreign admissions committee. And your essay can be about anything that works for you. It doesn't, you don't want to be telling people stuff. You want to have fun with it. You want to be creative and uh, add some color to your application.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. So, so there's
1: a lot of hype about the essay. I, 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 I always worry that students like overthink it a little bit too much. But yeah, definitely a place to have fun or, or just at least tell us something that's important to you. Yeah,
0: I, I I agree. I think it can be well overthought. But yeah. and based on the ones I read this year, I would tell you the ones that I know will be remembered are the ones where uh a student came to me after days of working on an essay and came mm-hmm. to me and said, Oh, look what I wrote last night. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And that was the essay that they're running with. Like it's so um, it, it, the, the, just the reaction from the student, the enthusiasm, the, just the way they carried themselves was so different, but just between the two different, Essays—the one they'd been working on—was like, "Oh man, it's never going to get done." And then, "Oh look, yeah. I was so excited yeah. about this one they wrote in ten minutes."
1: Yeah, there's a there's a saying in writing that I learned in one of my Saint Lawrence classes, and the saying is, "Kill your darlings," which is it's it's a tough saying. It's not very optimistic, but the point being. Sometimes you have to like get rid of the things that like you really worked hard at, that you really tried to like perfect the sentence, perfect the essay, write to something that you thought you had to write about to then get to a place where like you have this freedom to just write about something that kind of like pops into your head and has this freeness about it that, yeah, you can be like, look what I came up with just on the spot. Sometimes you have to get through all of that other stuff to get to um, what you really want to say.
0: So I want to ask you, um, about your individual process. Like how many schools did you apply to? Um, Just tell us a little bit about your personal process when you kind of got to the point where you were deciding on SLU. And if you don't want to answer, that's fine.
1: No, I I will say um, I definitely applied to too many schools. I realized that now and I I realized it like somewhat soon after, but um, I looked at a lot of schools as well. And I'm glad that I did that I, I wouldn't go back and necessarily like change too much about that, but I would lessen the number that I actually sent <laughs> applications to. Um, I was really lucky to be able to visit a number of schools. Um, and I, I do think that sometimes getting on campus is um, the best possible way to figure out if it's a place where even you just feel like happy and comfortable walking around in that space. Um I have an older brother. He's like five years older than me. So when I was in seventh or eighth grade, I did a bunch of college visits with he and my mom just kind of tagged along because otherwise it was like stay at home for the day. So uh, then it it came my turn and my mom said, all right, where do you want to go back to? Like, what do you want to look at again? And uh, I feel badly, but I said, I want to start from scratch. (laughs) Which he, he visited some awesome schools. It's just, we were looking for very different things. But so, yeah, I know that when I was on campuses, just like walking around a campus or sitting in a presentation, listening to a presentation, those were some of the times when I had the greatest realizations about what was or wasn't going to fit for my college experience. And um, I think I just had to be in that space to understand that, um, especially just being like a young 16, 17 year old. Um, in terms of applications i can't remember the exact number but it was definitely more than 12 um and oh my. yeah i know looking back i will say that sometimes i would get a decision in the mail and i like didn't even really have a reaction to it which hindsight's 2020 20. maybe you can't really understand how you're going to feel about something until like you're right there feeling it but I would say, if you can, like, take some time to think, okay, if you got a decision, admit, waitlist, or deny from this school, like, how would you honestly feel? Would you be excited about that? Would you be upset about that? If you feel kind of lukewarm about it, maybe that's your indication that you know, maybe think right. twice about applying. Um, so, yeah, I definitely applied to too many Um I will say I'm on air here and I will apologize for my parents for I specifically remember I was like one day away from missing a scholarship deadline at St. Lawrence, and I had just completely missed it like hadn't realized that's when it was. Um, you know, my mom had been like, Hey, you need to make a list of like what you need to do. You need a calendar with all the deadlines and what needs to be done when she was very right. Um, I was not as organized as I should have been. And I nearly missed the scholarship opportunity. That was definitely one of the large parts as to why I chose St. Lawrence. Um, so luckily I got in on time, but you know, there's just, there's so many deadlines and so many different requirements at different schools and things that, Definitely important to take some time to get organized in the process, but yeah, I, if I if I could go back and do it differently, I would do some things differently, but I I do think I still would have ended up at Saint Lawrence. So,
0: and I love your passion for the school, I, and I I'm I'm I hope that it comes across to our students and families um, because it's exciting to think about your 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 post secondary institution has that much you can carry that much enthusiasm that's where you needed to be and as a former student of mine, I was emailing a parent about their oldest um student just the other day and talking about how I carry with me his thoughts about my post-secondary institution my college needs to be needs to feel like home it needs to feel like my academic home, my athletic home, my social home and if it doesn't feel like home then I then I shouldn't be applying
1: yeah, absolutely I mean, I think that you know, we we start our college search often so focused on like, does it have these majors that I'm interested in? Can I get involved in X, Y, and Z things? And those are so important, but also like, you have to simply be happy in a place. Like yep. you have to walk around campus and feel comfortable there to feel a sense of belonging, to feel like you have ways in which you can like challenge yourself and try new things, but also lean on the comforts that allow you to be who you are. And like you said, to feel like home. And sometimes I think we we sometimes overlook like that happiness factor. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's so important. Somebody once said to me that St. Lawrence feels like your favorite sweatshirt, or just huh. like you put that sweatshirt on and it's like, it feels so comforting and so right. Um, and I always think back to that. And I think it's such a good indication of, you know, if you've found kind of where you're supposed to be. And Um yeah, the other thing that I'll say, something you said ago a minute ago made me think of this, but you know, my enthusiasm about St. Lawrence is, you know, I think it's really cool that it's a place that stuck with me after just four years as a college student. Um, it is, yes, it's like it's my profession as well, but I've been amazed by how many St. Lawrence friends and connections I've made since I graduated. Like I kind of thought, you go to school, you make friends while you're there. Hopefully you keep in touch, that kind of thing. But I just think like St. Lawrence has such this presence and people are so excited about it um, that it's it's a place that really stays with you for more than four years. And um, is so much more than just like an on-campus experience and really becomes like a part of your life. And um, that's been really wonderful to, to be a part of. And I feel really lucky for that.
0: Well, on that note, thank you, Meg. I really appreciate it. Thank
1: you. Thank and, uh, you. Yeah, This has been awesome. And, you know, we said before, like, just for families to realize, like, you can reach out to admissions officers and ask about test scores and things. And just want to reiterate, like, the door is always open to come onto campus and ask questions, to reach out and ask questions. It's truly really what I'm here for, what we're all happy to do. So um, would love people to to reach out and, and talk more. And. Talk on more of like a one-on-one basis with students and figure out if St. Lawrence is a good fit. So thanks, cool. Russ. This has been a lot of fun.
0: All right, excellent. I'm glad it was fun, even despite all the technology stuff. Oh Thank- no problem. It happens. I'll let you, I'll <laughs> let you get back to to your reading. Thanks, Meg. Awesome. I, I really Rick. appreciate your time.